Welcome to Search Talk Live with search engine optimization and marketing experts, Robert O'Haver and Matt Weber. Brought to you by Pixel Cut Labs. All right. Welcome back to another episode of Search Talk Live. As you know, probably now by now that we've kind of changed our schedule a little bit. We are doing it every other week now. And uh, I think it's good because it gives us some time to find some more guests and and now we're running into a problem where guests are kind of like getting booked up and <laughs> right now we're stacked up yeah. yeah yeah um so we we that's the only problem we've had so far but uh i think it gives us an opportunity to give get more material you know it something does. that's not so we talk about all the time yeah and, and topics are starting to tack, tackle on to each other too i'm so glad we got a great guest today because if yeah. not we would spend this whole show talking about the new Google Certified Partner Program and Google Ads. Have you read any of that? No, I haven't. Absolutely crazy. And I hate to be one of those people that uses this phrase, the Internet is blowing up. Like people are really breaking the Internet about this new Google Certified Partner Program. In uh-huh. essence, to be a partner now, you have to do what they say and their recommendations in the Google Ads account. Yeah. And some of the recommendations make no sense for every account. But we have to do a whole show on that because – uh, that's in- incredible news yeah. in the search industry today. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, good thing we got a big guest, or else I would dominate that topic. Yeah. So today, guys, we uh, if you're listening to the show live, you can go to Twitter. You can do hashtag Search Talk Live and get your questions answered on the phone. I mean, on the phone, live on the air. Um, we also have a guest that sent us an email with some questions uh, that we'll get to in a little bit later. But uh, with uh, why don't you introduce our guest? Yeah, we've got a great show because it's a topic people talk about a lot, which is that last stage customer who are out there searching near me and they're ready to purchase. They're at the end of the journey. And we've got Florian Hoopner with us. And Florian is an expert not only on local search, but on mass scale local search. I mean, he works with some giant clients, and we're going to find out how some of these really big clients do this customer journey. Florian, how are you? Uh, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, I'm I'm thrilled to be talking with you. Oh, and we didn't mention that he's in Germany right now. Yes. So it's a little late for him. <laughs> yeah, what time is it where you are, Florian? Nine. I know it's uh, 9.30 at night, but that's not unusual working hours, let's say. Uh, well, yeah. thank you so much for doing that. Would you tell the audience a little bit about your background? Absolutely. So um, I'm, I'm really proud to say that I would call myself a hardcore nerd. So, so my background is in computer science. And, and actually, you know, I originally thought I'd probably be, be teaching computer science at some point in my life. But then you know, after university, got recruited, worked a couple of years in strategy consulting for, for McKinsey, and uh, then went back to, to pursuing a PhD again, you know, in, in deep tech, uh, working for Hasso Plattner, the founder of SAP. He was my, my thesis advisor. And then in 2012, I... Uh, I thought, okay, man, let's make a dent in this world. And I started the company, Uberall, uh, that I'm also still running right now as CEO with my best friend, David. And uh, we are focusing on on Niani brand experience. And I think, yeah, that's that's why, uh, you know, I'm, I'm an expert for local search. Nice. So today we're going to be talking about, I mean, what it is to... to what you need to do as a business, let's get st- as far as near me search terms. So wh- why don't we go into that, get into that? Yeah, sure. I mean, so what we currently do is, as overall, we would say that we empower some of the world's biggest brands and businesses to, to deliver a memorable near me brand experience at actually every stay, uh, st- step of today's customer journey, which is as you would probably agree, very different from from what it was 10 years or even five or three years ago. And what we mean with that is that we try to really have a meaningful connection from online interactions to offline sales. And for us, I really like this side a lot as consumers um, to be in a position where uh, we interact with the locations of the really, really big brands on a local level as if they were the shops around the corners. And um, Nimi brand experience, from, from my point of view, really consists of all the online touch points a consumer can have with a physical location of a business. And, you know, that's uh, first of all when, when people are searching, and that's not really searching necessarily for, 
for a brand, but searching for a service, searching for a product, maybe searching for a location. And um, it's an opportunity for, for brands to stand out in a highly fragmented online space and give consumers a really seamless experience at uh, those touch points. And um, those touch points really are a lot of different platforms all across the web. So that's obviously websites, a lot of mobile apps here talking about the Googles, Facebooks, Yelps, and so on of this world. Uh, store locators, search engines, all the mapping platforms, a lot of social platforms, and um, then also a lot that's that's performance advertising. So an uh, brand experience is, is really relevant for every business that has physical locations. Yeah, I think you right there, you've just kind of expanded the show because I think a lot of people think – that the near-me searchers have a simple journey. They see a Google ad or they go to an organic listing, they click on it, they go to the website, and either they do or don't do the thing that you want them to do. But it's much, much more complex than that. Those people are going to interact with the brand at many, many different places. Some you're in control of as a company, some you're not in complete control of as a company. What does that landscape look like? Where are most companies probably ignoring that customer touch point on that journey that they're not aware of. Yeah, I I, I think really really early on. Yeah, and and the good news is that that leaves a lot of opportunity for everyone really to to now be still amongst the first movers. I mean, we are working with roughly a million businesses around the world, a bit more now, um, but that's that's only a fraction of of the um, location based businesses out there, and. Um, if you think about it, you know the the customer journey um, really at every step uh, has these aspects. So just to just to think about it, when you search for something, that's that's really uh, discovery. Yeah, um, and and there you interact obviously with the listings of a business, or you go to the website and and go to a store locator, and a lot of that has to do with getting local SEO right. Yeah, and um, that's a topic that in itself is oftentimes neglected. I would say as People went from from doing SEO for their websites to doing pay for their websites to doing paid local advertising, uh, and so really the opportunity in in building a very very solid foundation of of information and um, optimizing that for search engines with everything that's that's local has been has been neglected, and then, and then there's more in simply feeding more information into all the systems and that can. Uh, also include obviously you know information um, that that's more detailed around your businesses what's what's on the menu today or um, what's what's still in stock and and the next step on this customer journey is really you know when then uh, the the search algorithm of whatever platform decides that you are currently relevant for the person searching um, they still have to decide for you yeah and um, a lot of that then has to do with the signals that you leave. In, in terms of how are you treating customers or signals that other customers are leaving for, for the ones that are coming after them. So are they recommending you? How are they describing your service and, and the experience really that they have? And that spans social media and um, you know everything from um, FAQs on, on Google to um, the, the reviews that you can find on, on the Yelps and so on of this world. And then it's, it's about how you do transact. And again, there's multiple touch points. So can I uh, click and collect? Can I reserve a table up front? Can I even pay up front? And um, businesses are currently not so transaction oriented when it comes to uh, this this local customer journey and and then really you know close closing the business and and all of that you know after being in store once goes back online right away when and you all know that you know um, your your smartphone pops up with a notification asking you to to rate a business but not only that also to give more information is there handicapped parking is there free Wi-Fi um, do they serve cocktails and so on and so on and um, actually then. Uh, lastly, there's there's also a lot of possibility to really engage with the people that have come to to your locations and uh, build some some loyalty. And, and there you see, you know, um, obviously you can speak about that for, for hours, but I, I just wanted to point out that it's really many, many, many complex touch points. So a lot of people think that it's just GMB, Google My Business, and their website. And what you've described is there's lots of other touch points. So now there's a need for a company 
to be consistent in all those touch points and offer the ability to do the same transactions that they're offering on their website at these other touch points. Is that correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think uh, that, you know, it's, it's often the idea of, of marketeers that people are interacting with the brand. And that's true. And there's millions and, and billions spent on uh, national or even global campaigns to establish what your brand stands for. But if we are, if we are realistic, you know, whenever you take your smartphone out of your pocket and you search for a burger place around you, the big chains are hardly popping up because what they tell you on the big billboards is simply not in line with the experience that you have locally. And in, in many ways, um, this, this also stems from, you know, people are not really searching for brands anymore. 80% of local searches indeed are unbranded, uh, we, we found in, in a study. And um, we think that the information that um, consumers give to each other through recommendations, for example, is, is a bit of a replacement uh, for what branding used to be. And, and, you know, 10 years ago, when you would come out of a out of an, an airport, for example, and you wanted a specialty coffee and you would see a Starbucks sign, then you'd be sure that you get a decent coffee. Maybe not the best one, but, but a really good one. And now your smartphone says, you know what, there's a Starbucks, but I'm not even putting that in the list because there's four coffee shops along the way that have a four-star rating or more, and you know, you'll know have a better experience there. And the, the point I'm trying to make here is that brands really need to make sure that they give you exactly um, the, this memorable experience, this valuable experience on a local level that they are trying to establish in their global advertising. So give us an example of somebody who you think does it really, really well and give us an example, and if you don't mind sharing, like, what's a journey that you've had recently where they just missed this opportunity to really super satisfy the near me searcher? Yeah, I mean, I mean listen, the, the the thing is, I, I do not even have to, to pick on any brand to tell you where these things are going wrong. You know, just the other day, a supermarket around the corner uh, told me online that it's open until until midnight, but, but you know, I went there and there was a little piece of paper on on the door and it said that um, you know they have some internal meetings and closed actually two hours early and so i had to get dinner somewhere else yeah, but it's a really frustrating experience and what, what i really like about uh, this field is that when when i tell stories everybody can relate i'm sure you've had that yourself no oh yeah yeah definitely and 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 then there's there's companies that are doing it really well and um, i mean it's uh, no wonder that I'm thinking of a lot of uh, companies that are that are working with us. But I, I really appreciate that some of of the really big ones are thinking these things through at scale now. For example, we are working with uh, with a lot of the fuel retailers, and if you look at a gas station chain like BP, you know, for them there's many many aspects in there. So obviously it's about you know, standing out of the crowd so that people literally make the decision to uh, you know turn left and not right and and uh, at their gas station uh, but then uh, they they actually you know understand that they should not only show up as as a gas station but also as a coffee shop because you know they serve specialty coffee in in many locations and um, for, for that you know uh, they they think very very cleverly about the business categories that they use and the, the offers that they put online and now they they do also think about EV charging and so on. And when it comes to reputation management, you know, they they have a very effective strategy where they simply tell you that, that they will answer to any kind of feedback that you leave for them online. And and that's fantastic, you know, because um yes, that does require a little bit of resources, but like in the in in let's say the old days, you know, where where people knew that it's good to tinker with your website and um, all the structure of your website and so on to to be optimized for search and where we talked about SEO juice for for the websites uh, the same applies to local search you know where you really interact in the ecosystem a lot and and build up this foundation that that really allows you to generate a lot of traffic you know Robert so, so they would Robert and I manage an example 
a lot of local. And I think, you know, Robert, you've got a couple of clients with some, you know, pretty good number of locations. Yeah. And, you know, I do too, but I've always wondered what is it like to manage local, the customer year journey for Starbucks, McDonald's, oh, where, yeah. you know, so that has always like blown my mind. Like who's responsible for that and how do they do it? So Florian, how does a brand like Starbucks with that many locations get the consistency of the information that you were just talking about? Yeah. I mean, in in the end, I, I would claim that that's not reasonably possible without using a platform like, for example, Uberall. And um, the tricky thing here is, you know, if you... Uh, if, if you talk about whatever 20,000 Starbucks uh, locations uh, and and maybe let's say on average 30 to 50 platforms that each of those should be uh, should be on yeah, then then suddenly uh, you're talking about a million profiles and and nobody can can really manage that uh, I mean it's it's impossible to to run around and update information on those and it's even more impossible to to do so dynamically so you know when you go from the from the pumpkin spice latte to some some christmas beverage yeah and and it's it's even more impossible to react in almost real time to the interactions that customers have with your profiles and i i think that when when you approach this topic more as in you want to build a strategy for IMI search, uh, then then you really want to have a foundation in place that allows you to to apply all the all the great ideas that your marketing department, that your customer service teams and so on can come up with. Yeah. Alright Robert, I'm gonna, that, you know, I'm gonna put you on the first spot, of Robert. All, Which, control. Robert, I'm gonna put you on the spot. What global brand has the most physical retail locations, not counting banks or gas stations. So when you think about this local search, in essence, I'm asking you, who's got the worst job in the world yeah. managing that many? Who do you, what brand do you think that is? I'm going to say, <laughs> since you said Starbucks, I'm going to say maybe Starbucks and can, McDonald's. Can They're I, five. Can I That's guess? four. Yes, Florian, what's your guess? I, I would probably say 7-Eleven. Oh, Florian gets it. Wow. That's right. It's 7-Eleven. They've got 62,000 105 physical retail locations in the world. It's his client. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm it must be a bit plus minus, right? I mean, I mean that must change every day. Yes. Yeah. It's a massive spreadsheet of... <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that mind-boggling? And if, if you're listening to the show and you've done a, a client with 100 locations or yeah. so, and then someone says, here's 62,000, make sure they're all right. Yeah. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. I'd be... Uh... Florian, <laughs> help me out, man. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's see. We got time for break. No, it's not time for break. What were you pointing out on me? Sorry. <laughs> Florian, one more question about this. Why would a business show up on Google Maps and not Apple Maps? I mean, the answer to that is is really straightforward because. It, obviously, you know those are two separate companies running two separate databases of of location information. And uh, first of all, I mean they don't really exchange data. Uh, and um, then you know if you create your location uh, for your business in, in in Google Maps, then then it's not necessarily also um, in, in Apple Maps and and the other way around. And that that's actually part of the complexity. You know, all of these sites have. Different different ways how you can create locations, how you can uh, protect your location data from simply being uh, changed by by anyone on the on the web, and uh, you, you know maneuvering that is is quite a humbling experience. You know, from from time to time we do that actually in the company that we uh, simply you know to to see what it's like. Uh, go through everything manually and 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 try to also understand uh, the value proposition of our listings product, which is uh, one of of the five major products uh, that we have a bit better. And and honestly, I mean, uh, nobody nobody should have to do that. So, what nobody role do data aggregators play in this ecosystem? Uh, that's 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 a very good question. So. 
I mean, the, the, the funny thing is that it's not entirely clear. And I think it's fair to say that I have uh, been working in this space now eight years <laughs> full time and, and, and we manage more, more than a million of those business locations. And still, um, I, I cannot really um, tell you the exact impact that an aggregator has on, on your local search results. Yeah, but, um, so, so what's really happening is that there's a number of aggregators that you give your business data to. Um, let's let's also um, be a little bit uh, more specific here. You know, um, by by now we have to be a bit more nuanced. Five five years ago, or or maybe eight years ago, you could just say business data, and you would actually mean name, address, phone number, and and that would be it. When I think of of a really rich profile for a local business, of course it has name, address, contact information, but it also has opening hours, pictures, reviews, menus. Um, a lot of attributes that you want to have in search engines and, and all of that is really not part of of the aggregator experience so aggregator data is almost like phone book data yeah, yeah. and what they do is they they um, ag like get data from from people that been distributed really and that that want uh, that that can be people that um, you know sign themselves up for those sets directly or partners in the industry and then distribute it to third party websites which um, are really mostly the, the long tail websites that your information can be on. And um, I think it's, it's fair to say that this has some impact because all those sites have um, you know, some page rank and are being indexed by, by the big search engines. And um, then the information is digested and um, somehow the consistency of that information influences the, the ranking. But it's it's a bit. If you ask me, you know, it, it doesn't hurt, but it's it's a bit of a shotgun approach, and uh, for sure, it's it's no comprehensive answer, and definitely no strategy for for a near me uh, brand experience and and for tackling near me search, and and I would recommend you know to to have that maybe in the mix, but not even as the first point on the list. And something I'd like to segue into a little bit here is I get this question quite often and people ask me and I, I, I try to think of questions that I get asked a lot. So I want to, so it benefits more people that are listening. <laughs> so <laughs> let me go down this rabbit hole. So if a local business there, they want to be everywhere. They want to have reviews on Google. They want to have reviews on Facebook. They want to have reviews on Bing, but they're not, you know, they want to be on Yelp, wherever they, wherever there's reviews they want to be, what would your advice be to a smaller company like that, that really wants to have that presence? Yeah. I, I mean, in, in the end, look, I, I also want to say if, if people are very talented and have some time on their hands, you know, you know they can, they can work it out at, at least like the first one to three steps. And, and see what it does for them and, and then professionalize that further. And uh, then again, there's, there's also fantastic products uh, for, for doing such things. So for example, if you, if you think about a product like Moss Local, that, that will do exactly that and um, get you presence on, on all the major sites and um, subsequently allow you to, to uh, manage your reputation on those. And um, in, in the end, you know, I, I can only repeat what I said there. I think, what what that does, you know, it gives uh, the oftentimes very very talented uh, business owners slash local marketeers uh, the the tools to be interacting with clients online in a similar way that they interact with clients right over the counter. Yeah, so so I think um, you know if if you are able to divert some of your marketing budget. Uh, to that, then it's a really, really wise investment. And, and you know, studies suggest that, that actually there's thousands of, of dollars flowing into shop windows, um, but not so much in, into this kind of online experience while, while nobody, um, you know, really names uh, shopping windows as, as the main reason to go into a business. But everyone has these experiences yeah. uh, online where they, where they cannot find something that they're searching for. Yeah. Well, Florian, we have to take a break real quick. Uh, when we get back, we're going to do Who Influences the Influencer? And that's sponsored by Directive. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to ask you, who influences you? Who do you watch online to keep up to date on the industry news and, and that type of stuff? 
right after these messages. Learning a lot from Search Talk Live, but don't know what specific SEO actions you should be taking on your website? Or maybe you've tried to implement SEO on your website, but haven't gotten the results you were aiming for. We've all been there. That's why we here at Pixel Cut Labs created the SEO Project Planner. It's a one-time project where our SEO team runs a full site crawl, overlays data from leading SEO tools, and manually audits every page on your website. We'll use our findings to craft a strategic plan that covers everything from your link building strategy to page level technical SEO and content recommendations. The project planner is perfect for businesses that are serious about SEO and want to hit a home run by leveraging our proven SEO strategy. To learn more and to see pricing for your project, visit pixelcutlabs.com STL or text STL to 31996. Pixel Cut Labs, welcome to page one. Directive is an industry-leading search marketing agency fully focused on helping B2B marketing teams increase their results. If you're looking to increase your marketing qualified leads and decrease your cost per acquisition for search engines, I'd highly recommend you take a look at their site. We've actually had their CEO, Garrett Marguth, on the show, and I can honestly say these guys are doing some great stuff. I hear that they even have their own analytics system that lets you correlate your SEO, PPC, or content efforts directly to revenue. If you're a B2B company and thinking about switching agencies, or if you're in-house and need help, I'd give Directive a look. Visit directiveconsulting.com or call 949-214-4024. Again, that's 949-214-4024. Again, that's directive at directiveconsulting.com. Your website analytics data probably feels like this. But it could feel like this. Making sense of all the website data available to you hasn't been easy until now. Smilelytics transforms your website analytics data into easy-to-understand memorable photographs. You pick your own photo theme. Smilelytics. S-M-Y-L-E-Lytics. Like analytics. Only happier. And it's free at smilelytics.com. Want to know how your website is doing? Get the big picture with pictures. It's the easiest and most enjoyable way to understand your website data. No charts, no graphs, no cost. Sign up today. Smilelytics. S-M-Y-L-E-Lytics. Like analytics. Only happier at smilelytics.com. Get your questions in on Twitter. Type hashtag Search Talk Live and your question. Now back to the show. All right, we're back. Now uh, we're going to do Who Influences the Influencer. Again, that's sponsored by Directive. Uh, you can go to directiveconsulting.com. Check them out. Um, so, um, Florian, who influences you? <laughs> that's... I have to I have to admit there's there's not a single person that comes to mind. You know what I what I really like is is like that it's all straight. There's now you know a lot of really great events. I, I love Moscon uh, from from Mars. I, I love uh, Conquer Local from from our friends from from Vendasta, and um, there, there's really you know also a lot of um, basically. Uh, wisdom you know spread at events like like the google maps summit and then actually the guys from google are also fantastic with how they are thinking about um, consumer behavior when it comes to comes to local search yeah. and lastly um, you know over over the last years um, we, we have had some some clients that basically have given us this this kind of i like to like to think of it a little bit like the photoshop effect you know what i mean is yeah i, I think the guys that developed photoshop you know have have never done the greatest work with it but then they've developed some tools and and seen what others did with it and and that's 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 massive and same holds for us you know there's there's people that have built strategies on on top of our technology that are really mind-blowing so and and i like that a lot and and in addition as i said you know i'm a i'm a nerd at heart and uh, so my morning read definitely is hacker news and and sometimes you you find things on there that are also super relevant for for local search 
Yeah. Well, no one's ever mentioned that before. Yeah. Hacker News. Hacker News. Yes, from Y Combinator. It's awesome. Hmm. You know, one thing I used to, I, I really don't pay attention anymore. I'm not much of a forum person anyway, but Black Hat Forums. As an SEO, I would watch to see what they were doing so I'd know not what not to do. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or I'd see the, the people saying, oh, I just got a penalty. Or... Yeah, I agree. I, I, and I think there's a value in opening up who you follow to not just people that you believe in who know give the right thing 100% of the time. Sure. To listening to some people who throw a different perspective at you because they make you think of a defense or something else right. that kind of deepens your understanding in a, in, in a different way. Mm-hmm. Hey, Florian, we got to follow up on a couple things you introduced right before the break. Two pain points for some of the folks listening to the show. One is duplicate listings. We talked about that path for the consumer being in a bunch of different places that maybe most businesses don't really keep track of. But what about duplicate listings on some of these other directories and places? Are duplicate listings really consequential? Uh, I mean, uh, that that's a super easy answer. You know, you do not want to have duplicate listings for your locations. And then again, also because the consequences are, are quite apparent. You know, people are looking for information. And if they find a listing that's not the one that you are feeding the latest and greatest information into, then then they are wrongly informed. Uh, and, and, and you do not want that. Uh, and um, also some of the local SEO Jews that I've been speaking about um, you know, then then evaporates as as it goes to multiple listings. Plus, you do not really see what's what's going on on those. So, so it's a clear yes. You you have to take control there, and um, luckily it, that that's also possible. For example, we offer that as a service that we for your listings that we manage um, look at everything that's uh, duplicate on the various platforms and then uh, remove it. And I explicitly say remove it, not suppress it. Um, which used to be a practice, and I think some people are still doing that, but but we really get rid of them for good because obviously every location should have a single source of truth, at least per platform. Single source of truth. I like that phrase. Now, one other topic that you brought up right before the break is consistency. There's a value in consistency, but we're not too far removed from a day that we were all kind of very focused on making sure that if the address was DR period for drive in in this platform, that it was DR period for drive in that platform. And that's changed. What level of consistency are we striving for now in the presentation of our business all across these different platforms? And that's, that's a really good question and, and a fair one. I mean, ideally, everything is the same. Yeah? And, and your name is is the same and um, you know all the abbreviations used are the same, and so on and so on. And you cannot really go wrong with that. But but then again, you know a lot of uh, these things are subject to style. And if you look at the various uh, search engines, if you look at the various um, yeah, um, the discovery apps and and basically social media platforms and maps platforms and so on, they all have have different formats. And in the end, uh, what what is let's say good enough and and really the best you can do is to adhere to every single platform um, and and to their guidelines and uh, to basically you know uh, trust into really the semantics behind it so if the information semantically is the same one then then it's going to be also consumed as the same one but you know i've i've also seen over the, the last couple of years that we simply look to to have the right conversations about such things and about the standards and um, there there's many things that are uh, much much more subjective you know how some some businesses want uh, really their location name next to their brand name in the profile name right so there's Starbucks on Main Street and Starbucks on 5th yeah, but then there's platforms that really only want to see Starbucks there. And there's platforms that allow it. And, and suddenly you have this field of tension between what's what's your branding, what's platform guidelines, what's really helpful for consumers. And and a lot of that, you know, is is not uh, perfect. And, and we have to deal with that. Yeah, but that's also something that uh, we take care of automatically. Well, well then and you've got people who do that with uh, – 
ill intent as well. So you've got the natural issue, right? Yeah. Main Street, Starbucks. But then you've got people who are increasingly calling themselves, let's just say, uh, Tampa Pest Control, as if it's their business name, but it's not. Or Tampa John. Right. Kind of yeah, going back to I the mean, old one, days of... One really great example for that yeah, is is uh, locksmiths and what, for example, Google calls service area businesses. Yeah. And there's so many people that, that have been doing nasty stuff uh, with this category and have placed themselves all over the city. So that when you locked yourself out of your apartment and you would search, you would always find them closest to you. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, that, that now there, there's a lot of extra layers of security uh, for businesses of that time, which which in the end is, is a shame. You know? And yeah. I, I have to say, um, you know, you guys said something about the black hat versus the white hat approach. And I think that local SEO, as um, all of that is happening on third party platforms, that we have way less uh, control over and, and way less ability to, to manipulate than, uh, than I mean, compared with our own websites. Yeah, yeah and um, the whole black hat SEO thing is, is way, way smaller. And I can only advise it's the way better strategy to apply what, what I like to call judo tactics and, and to really play by by the rules and, and simply make that better. And the, the levels of, of spam that we see on those platforms are relatively low versus um, what we see in, in bad information yeah. uh, on, on websites. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, one thing I, I usually do when I have a new client come on board is I'll do, I call it sniping. I'll check them on local and I'll, you know, see if they're in the three pack and, and then where, you know, see if there's anybody keyword stuffing their, their, <laughs> their listing and try to report it. But lately I, I can't, I mean, they've got the new form now, but, even when you submit there, I haven't seen anybody no, it, doing anything to change it. It takes an incredible amount of persistence and, and follow-up uh, to get it. But I think it's still time worth spent because if you think about what limited inventory there is yeah. for that very valuable real estate, uh, you know, in a lot of cases you got one out of three shots to get your client in it and you got a bad guy taking up one of those three slots. He's got one review. <laughs> and he's got one review and he's not following the rules. Yeah. You're doing your yeah. client a service by opening up that inventory and reporting him. Yeah. Uh, absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. At the same time, there's there's a lot of things that are really low hanging fruit that you can do um, on a positive side for your client to to really boost them out there. And a lot of that, and that's an interesting thing also about local search. You know, is not entirely controlled by what what we or what you guys or the business owners are doing online, but you really also had have to get all your staff behind it. Now, because for I mean, I, I think the the easy Example is that you know you can ask any customer to leave a review. Cool, that's that's half half the story. Yeah. On the other hand, you want all of those reviews to be good, and and you really cannot fake the experience that uh, people have in store with something that you do offline. Yeah. And uh, so you know as as soon as there's some traffic on online profiles and on what's happening, we we see that uh, basically the the spamming approach is is washed away pretty quickly um, because also for, for the search algorithm and so on, it's, it's really easy to determine if there's five reviews from five people that have uh, in their life only left one review or if there's 40 reviews and, you know, 20 of those are from Google local guides that have left thousands of reviews over the last years and, and you know, they come with a picture and with some text and so on. And I have to say that the ecosystem is, is doing a relatively good job there. Yeah? And so I, I like that we look at uh, what are other people doing that's, that's harmful and how can we prevent that. Um, I, I think, you know, way more apparent for local search than, than for websites is all the stuff that you can do on the positive side to also quickly see results. Yeah, call me crazy though. I mean, I when I look at reviews, if I see a hundred percent and they've got over two hundred reviews and they're all fives, I kind of get kind of. I wonder if those are real. I, I would uh, yeah, you, yeah, you absolutely should. You absolutely <laughs> should. But uh, my, the thing is, uh, that's also really rare. Yeah. Yeah, that, that that's really rare. I mean. Uh, so, so we did a huge study on on reputation, and you know we call it the uh, the reputation revolution. Yeah. And 
we, we, we you know looked at millions of, of businesses and and many many millions of, of reviews and there you can really you know see that you, you need an average rating of, of 3.8 to to get some visibility I mean not that you get nothing otherwise but but virtually nothing yeah. and that you know, once you get below the uh, above the 4.1 ratings, you see a spike in, in in views and conversions. And you know, it's it's fascinating that I can can tell a business what the difference in visibility and conversion of that visibility to interaction is between a rating of 4.05 and 4.1. Yeah, and and that's that's really very very tangible. And um, especially for for the bigger brands, you know, we we all run around with with these feedback devices and get asked and and they quickly gather feedback also from from the you know super happy but only relatively happy or angry consumers yeah and and so usually you, you get a very diverse picture yeah i mean i almost would want to have some not really negative reviews but you know not perfect fives maybe give me a three and a half here and there but you know at least it looks more natural and to me i mean Nobody's perfect, I guess what I'm saying. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, let's let's future tense this a little bit because here's something that interesting is coming around the corner. You've got consumers who are wary of being tracked. Yeah. And then you've got businesses who rely on knowing where consumers are to succeed at this customer near me journey. What happens, Florian, when in the not-too-distant future, devices, browsers stop passing through location-based information that – advertisers are so dependent on you know we i think that that i, w- I would phrase the question a little differently and then i would answer that's not going to happen oh yeah and that's and how I, how I mean that is you know because we don't want it to happen yeah i, I think what what we will see is that there's a much much more mindful uh, storage of that data, much more mindful handling of that data when it comes to profiling and and to really guessing all your your preferences for for food, movies, whatever. Um, but but you know the moment that I open my Google Maps, I want my Google Maps to know where I am, and I very very willingly tell tell them my coordinates so that they show me the right map. Yeah. And and I think you know that that this is not going to be binary. Uh, and um, there's there has always been this field of tension between the convenience um, that we want from a service and the the paranoia that we have with our data. And um, trust me, you know, as I said, you know, be, being the hardpreneur that I am, I'm I'm very much on the I don't want to be tracked side. The, the moments where I'm very happy with uh, being tracked and unfortunately also profiled is is really the ones where where I get a lot of convenience for it. Yeah. And and so so I think you know that that sweet spot is moving, and I think it's moving to to you know more mindful usage of of data as I as I said, and um, you know there's there's all the all the recent regulations that we see around that, um, but but generally speaking, it's it's not gonna go away, and also with with GDPR or CCPA, these these things have have not gone yet. Um, they, you know, make make ad targeting and and profiling different, but don't really get rid of it. Mark my words, this is going to be the future. Let me tell you, you are going to be searching online. When you're done searching, you're going to walk down the street, and there's going to be a billboard that, off your geolocation, will show you ads for that particular product you did search for. I guarantee that's going to happen one day. I agree. I agree. Well, we've got uh, something just as fascinating <laughs> coming up, and that's Believe It or Leave It, Fabian. Well, we're going to tell you three things we found on the Internet, and we're going to ask you to tell our audience whether they should believe it or leave it, and we'll do this. We'll do that right after this message from our one of our sponsors. Learning a lot from Search Talk Live, but don't know what specific SEO actions you should be taking on your website? Or maybe you've tried to implement SEO on your website, but haven't gotten the results you were aiming for. We've all been there. That's why we here at Pixel Cut Labs created the SEO Project Planner. It's a one-time project where our SEO team runs a full site crawl, overlays data from leading SEO tools, and manually audits every page on your website. We'll use our findings to craft a strategic plan that covers everything from your link building strategy to page level technical SEO and content recommendations. 
The project planner is perfect for businesses that are serious about SEO and want to hit a home run by leveraging our proven SEO strategy. To learn more and to see pricing for your project, visit pixelcutlabs.com slash STL or text STL to 31996. Pixel Cut Labs. Welcome to page one. All right, welcome back. Time for one of the more popular parts of Search Talk Live. Believe it or leave it. Florian, are you ready? I'm absolutely ready. Stoked. (laughs) All right, statement number one, founded on the internet. Cell phone carriers will soon have the most valuable data about consumers, and cell phone companies will soon make more money selling data than selling cell phone service. Believe it or leave it? I absolutely believe it. There's there's a huge carrier, you know, that managed to to grab uh, I don't know some, something like 100 million subscribers within six weeks uh, in India, and they do that by by giving it away for almost for free, and they live off the services that they build on top of that and of the data that they have. Yeah, I, I agree too. I think that cell phone companies are, are about to play uh, an insurance company level of prominence in our in our lives. All right. uh, even more, you know, now now they know our payment data, where we are, where everything, whom we're speaking with. That's not. No. <laughs> Number two, you ready? Absolutely. Keep it coming. Business level schema on your website is not necessary if the address on your website matches the address on your Google My Business profile. Wow, that's a that that's a tough one. Um, I would disagree. I would I would disagree because then there's still the match necessary between uh, between the local business and the one on the website. And if there's something else, you know, it's not entirely sure what information also ends up on the back. Okay, so still need business schema. Uh, absolutely, schema org is fantastic. Okay, number three. This is a tough one. Within three years. Google will achieve its objective of having the search engine results page be the beginning and the end of the customer journey for near me searches. Ah, you know, uh, if we add some some fraction to that, I I tend to say yes. And and you know, I, I can give you some examples here where where this is already happening. A lot of a lot of people that we start working with in in the first weeks and months see that that the traffic to their website changes a lot. And that is uh, simply because we managed to get so much of the transaction happening directly in, in the search engine. Uh, and, um, you know, we should not have no, no vanity around that. Um, be a little bit careful how dependent we become of the search engines, but in the, in the end, you know, also uh, not miss out on it. Yeah, you can't fight that tide right now either. All right, it is time for our Search Talk Live tattoo. Florian, time for you to give us your simplest, most succinct piece of advice that you'd give our listeners based on the content of today's show. It's got to be tattooable. Uh, that's, that's uh, for, for me, obviously about local search. And, and it is that near me search is already 50% of, of the search traffic of the smartphones we have in our pocket. And you cannot get around it. So every business has to seize the moment. Take this learning curve, develop strategies, hopefully with us, and, and then really you know, give people a memorable and great experience. That's a long tattoo. <laughs> I think you just took up all of Robert's back. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, near, then, then, okay, the tattoo is near me search is here. Okay, near me search is here. Oh, okay. Yeah, and that make a cool bumper sticker. I think people would go, what is he talking about? Wow, that's really cool. Near <laughs> me search is here. Very nice. <laughs> well, um, Florian, I want to thank you for being on the show. Um, we have got a lot of good information. I think uh, people, I hope you have been taking notes and uh, writing this stuff down, or at least download the show so you can play it yeah, back. Yeah, and I think a lot of folks are listening going, you know, how important is this? And I think you and I share the same philosophy that if local search can be singularly the most profitable digital channel. Yeah. For local businesses, just nothing like it at all when it's done really well. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you there. I mean, like so many local businesses are using, you know, paid has its place too, obviously. It's a part of it. But if you, you know, you do your local listings and stuff like that, you 
can get a lot of free traffic. A lot of free traffic. <laughs> you really can. And I think one of the things we don't do well as SEOs, some SEOs lump local search in with SEO. Yeah. And so by not dividing it out, it doesn't get its um, importance and awareness that maybe it deserves because people kind of package it in an existing services of SEO. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, I want to thank you for being on the show. It's been great. Thank you very much for having me, guys. That was a lot of fun. Florian, thanks so much. Enjoyed having you. Yeah. So we have a listener uh, question uh, was sent to us. Um, you can do the same thing if you, you if you go and uh, send me an email, Robert at Search Talk Live. We can answer these questions live on the air. Uh, this guy's been waiting a couple weeks, so I want to get to it. Uh, and it's actually from Randy Lopez, and Randy says, Hi, Robert and Matt. I'm just getting into SEO, trying to make the switch from hobbyist to diligent professional. Your show has been amazing in showing me where to focus my efforts and training. I was wondering if there's any resources you could recommend to build a solid foundation in schema. Also, curious about what you would consider to be an agency's core set of tools. There's so many types of tools and options. I'm like a kid in a candy store, and that analogy doesn't do this justice. I'm going to take the second question first. Okay. (laughs) I have been a user of pretty much every tool out there, and there's – each tool is really good at one thing. Um, but late for probably for the last two years, I've been using Ahrefs uh, simply because uh, Ahrefs is a Swiss army knife when it comes to just about everything you need. Content ideas, rank tracking, um, all that good Competitor stuff. information yes, is yes. really valuable. I, I agree with you. I think that's where I would start for sure. And one of the things you and I have in common with some of the people listening to the show is we invest in these tools. Sometimes we'll buy another tool just to make sure that it doesn't have a new piece of functionality that maybe we missed yeah. the last time we had it. So we don't – we definitely commit to a tool as an agency, but we're also constantly buying other ones to right. try them out yeah. just because you see things from a different angle. And I've been guilty of having – Pretty much all the main ones, you know, your Moz and your your Hrefs and all those. Um, I just uh, I've kind of focused down to this one because you know, and kind of leads into your other question. If you're looking for what schema information is showing up, uh, it gives you that information as well. Uh, just it, it's just an all around great tool. And what's a resource where Randy can go to learn more about schema? Uh, schema dot org. Now that's something I dove in. I've been doing for. Probably, I think five years now, but I didn't really dive just too heavy into it till probably the last three years. But schema.org, um, I think it's really important to learn your business type there and what is available for your business type. Now, um, there's different platforms you can use. Uh, one, a really good one is called the Schema app. I use that for some of my clients. Um, it, it's a platform it, so you don't have to learn how to code it. Um, but if if you really want to be a valuable SEO, because schema is the future, I believe. And I would learn, go on the forums. Uh, GitHub's got a lot of good information. Um, let's see what else. Well, we've had Martha Van Burkle on the show yeah. a couple times. Uh, and I think a lot of folks regard her as one of the leading minds in schema yeah. implementation. So if, if you're not following her on social media, a good thing to do would be to, to follow her. She also speaks at quite a few conferences yeah. if you have the opportunity to do that. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, I would say stick with JSON LD. Um, it's prob- it's a really easy language to learn. I mean, I, I picked it up, and I'm still learning, obviously, but... I'm always learning every day. I've been doing this for a long time, but I'm still learning something new every day, I swear. Um, but that's probably the JSON LD is probably the easiest to pick up on and learn. Uh, and you can look at examples of it. But really, once you learn the schema types uh, that your business is eligible for, you can really pick it up quickly because there's only a select few uh, things I would pay attention to or obviously if your if your business qualifies for it is schema review snippets um uh location geo targeting uh, so you can let google know hey this is what i do and this is where i am i mean you want all that stuff um but yeah 
it's a really long question. I mean, to answer <laughs> a short question, a long answer, but and I tell you, Randy, too, if you're thinking about making that conversion to an agency, definitely invest in a good project management tool because at the end of the day, you're selling your time and your expertise. Your time yeah. is your inventory. There's a thousand things that you can do in SEO and schema, and you want to be careful that you don't do them all because you're not getting paid to do them all. You're getting paid to do them progressively. Correct. And so measuring your output uh, by tracking what you've done, comparing that to what you've sold, is best done through any number of really good project management programs. We happen to use Teamwork, but there's a a number of them out there that allow you to track your time, compare it to to what's sold. Yeah. I mean... as as an SEO, it will make you very valuable because there is a lot of SEOs out there. They just use a WordPress plugin and sit, call it a day. Um, but if you know the advanced stuff and how to get, I mean, you can manipulate your local listings, your 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 three pack uh, using that schema, and uh, you know have some beautiful search results there. Just kind of like what we were talking about with near me, yeah, uh, branding. Um, you can do some really amazing things and uh, it doesn't matter if it's just a picture showing up in your, in your search result, uh, you stand out better than your competition. You know what I'm saying? In most cases, I'll throw a crazy tool at Randy and that's to me, Google ads. Uh, yeah. Cause I think a lot of times people will do the organic research and they'll create this plan to rank organically without really having the confidence that that query is going to lead to a conversion or bring value to the client. And use Google Ads for, if you don't use it for anything else, use it as an experiment. Use it to confirm that that combination of words is really an expression of intent on behalf of that searcher that brings value to your client. Verify that. Validate it. Even Even if it's a lot of traffic and it doesn't have a lot of competition and all the things that make pretty charts in Ahrefs or any of the tools, at the end of the day, someone has to use that phrase to be able to, to drive your, your client value, and Google Ads is the great laboratory to confirm that before you commit to that plan. Absolutely, because you can be totally off base, or you might have a client that says, I want to rank for this keyword. Well, you need to go back and see the data and say, okay, is this the right keyword that he wants to rank for? Uh, that, a great point to bring that up because AdWords is a, a great testing ground. <laughs> yeah, you know, you hear me say a lot, if you don't know the target, yeah. The weapon really doesn't matter. Right. So get the target down first. I think a lot of people hop over that step in that, and they're not clearly confident in what the target is. Figure that out. Validate it. Be confident in it before you put forth your organic SEO plan. Yeah. And a bit of advice, don't over-optimize. Don't keyword stuff your titles and all that good stuff. Make it look natural. And, and a, you almost, if you've written ads in AdWords, it's a, I think, to me, personally, is a great way to get your metadata, your mm-hmm. titles and meta descriptions. Because if people are – your click-through rate is high on your ads, I mean, I mean, best practices is you have the keywords in your ad. Yeah, and same truth true with your ad extensions in Google Ads. Correct, yeah. I mean, the reason you want to break out that data in Google Ads, why do people click on the extension or do they click on the ad, is because you're trying to look and see what – capture someone's attention right what do they gravitate to and once you find that out that's leading the path to the best metadata and the best copy yep amen well i think that'll be the end of the show guys i hope that answers your question if it doesn't please send us uh send me another email um i'll answer the rest of it offline because uh it is quite a long topic and we're running out of time (laughs) but uh i want to thank our sponsors pixel cut labs and directive Go check them out, please. If you if you like the show, they are our sponsors. So check out pixelcutlabs.com and directiveconsulting.com. Um, do you want to add anything? Yeah, great sponsors, and thank you for their support of the show, and thank you for listening. And what a great guest we had today all the way from Germany. Oh, yeah, awesome. I mean, we have listeners all over the world. I mean, it's amazing. You look at the analytics. We've got people, surprisingly, UK is even as small as the the landmass of UK. They're, we're popular there. <laughs> I've heard I'm very popular in Britain. <laughs> All for the wrong reasons. No, <laughs> no, I think it's because I've watched every episode of The Crown. People oh, can sense okay. that. I got you. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot, guys. And we'll uh, see you in a couple weeks and have a good evening. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye-bye.
Search Talk Live is brought to you by Pixel Cut Labs, a 2019 U.S. Search award-winning SEO agency. Welcome to Page One. If you have a question about today's show or would like to be a sponsor, email Robert at searchtalklive.com. That's Robert at searchtalklive.com. 